here right now for the Microsoft Make Code Live. This is Make Code Live. Uh, and I'm going to be building a project today inside of Make Code, uh, right here inside of the virtual I live inside of Make Code view. Um, and first thing I want to do is just double check that we've got uh, levels working. I know I, I was blasting out some of my audio uh, mid-show last week, and I had a couple other weird mic problems today. Uh, but now it seems like uh, things are good. So let's... Uh, First of all, talk a little bit about what we're gonna be doing. Yeah, okay, I've got my, uh, as you can see here, I've got the Mixer chat up. So if you wanna come in uh, and hang out over in Mixer, and you know what, in the meantime, I'll also uh, launch the uh, Discord, because that's a place where a lot of the Adafruit community hangs out. And sometimes we get uh, some good tips from there. Hey, uh, Jack in the Box. Uh, Nice to see you, and hey, C. Grover. All right, so I'm gonna very carefully try to up my levels on uh, that mic coming in, and we'll see it. It, it uh, just went a hair over the, the threshold, and then suddenly it was cutting out or, uh, or clipping last week. So uh, we'll see how that is. I don't quite trust that, that little view meter. All right, but enough behind the scenes. Uh, as I, I'm sure so many of you who are doing a lot of uh, video conferencing calls lately realize um, it is an imprecise art doing, <laughs> doing live video and audio. Uh, it can be uh, a little bit tricky to get everything balanced right. I, as, uh, as a matter of fact, managed to completely break uh, this whole thing about a half hour ago and just, just got done fixing it. Um, I had uh, added a webcam that unfortunately decided to take out my microphone. So no extra webcam today, but that's okay. We have ways. Uh, so last time, last week, I uh, showed a way to build a dice roller uh, using the Circuit Playground Express. Uh, and I'm gonna do a uh, utterly different project. Uh, there are some things that are the same, but we're gonna, uh, look at how an infrared transmitter and receiver works. So what we'll be able to do, actually, we'll be able to do this inside of uh, the MakeCode simulator. It's one of the reasons I wanted to show this because it's very cool how well this works right in the simulator. But the idea is with a couple of boards that have infrared receive and transmit built into them, they can communicate with each other. Uh, the first thing actually to talk about is infrared communications. So Infrared is a wavelength that we can't see, but we can build devices that do see it. Um, for example, a lot of uh, remote controls used for televisions and stereos use infrared. And uh, if I look at this, I'm not gonna see anything. However, if I point it at this web camera, and let me, uh, let me mask this so that we don't see any reflections. There we go, you'll see, line that up a little better. You'll see a little bluish purplish light blinking in there. There you go. So every time I send, hit any button on here, there's a little infrared LED in there, light emitting diode that's gonna blink in a pattern uh, that is precisely timed. And on the other end, a device that is uh, a photo cell of some kind that is reading, uh, watching for that light pattern can decode those blinks. So it's kind of like Morse code. You can think of it that way. Um, and so when 
we want to communicate between two devices, uh, one way to do it is with infrared. Now, if you look at the Circuit Playground Express here, and in fact, the simulator is a, is a better way. Why don't I show that? You will see, uh, oops, wrong, wrong click. There we go. And I'm gonna hide that uh, mixer view for now. You'll see that there is a uh, transmit TX with a little, uh, almost like a Wi-Fi sign. This is showing that some kind of a signal is leaving from this LED. And then we have a receive. And this one is receiving with this, this little um, symbol. So you'll see these TX and RX, a couple of different places, in fact, on a lot of uh, microcontroller boards. On the Circuit Playground Express, you'll see there's a TX down here on this pad and an RX on this pad. So this means we're gonna transmit by blinking this LED. It's the same sort of purple LED. And we're gonna receive with this little sensor here. Uh, what I'll do is, let me go back to the main camera view here. I'm gonna plug a battery into this Circuit Playground Express. And uh, I'm jumping ahead here a little bit, but what you're gonna see is when I touch one of the pads, uh, let's see, you're gonna see a little LED. It's gonna be out of, way out of focus here, but You'll see it blinking right there. Um, let me see if I can switch over to my other camera. This is not the one that broke things. Hi, there's a lot of me right there. Uh, so let's see, does this one, oh, this one filters it. Oh, that's interesting. Can you see it? There it is. Okay, yeah, so you'll see that little under the TX. You'll see a little blinking there. Um, so some webcams filter that out entirely, some filter it out, filter, filter it out partially. Um, so what we're going to do is we're going to communicate between two, two boards using this transmission. Um, we're also going to explore a different input method. So we were using the button to blink uh, or to, to create our dice roll last time, this little A button here. Uh, this time we're going to use capacitive touch pads. So all of these pads on the Circuit Playground Express can be used to connect using normally alligator clips between boards or buttons or sensors. Um, you'll see even right now, some of them will, will highlight when I hover over them. Um, those are pads that can be touched with your finger uh, to act as a sort of a touch trigger. So simply, simply tapping those pads can be registered. And we can also do things like clip an alligator clip to it or a wire or some copper tape uh, and also sense your touch. And that's in fact how a lot of uh, modern devices like a, a cell phone, uh, a smartphone or a tablet uh, actually register your uh, inputs is with this capacitive touch. So we're gonna explore using capacitive touch. Uh, we're going to use infrared communications um, and we're also going to look at a thing called a conditional loop. And what the heck is a conditional loop? So a condition is uh, if something is either equal to something else, greater than something else, less than something else. Uh, it's this notion of if a condition is met, if a requirement is met, then we'll do something. So we're going we're gonna to look at using a conditional um, statement and then a loop to run through some other code if a condition is met. Uh, we're also going to look at playing sound. So let's uh, first, why don't we take a look at how this 
um, capacitive touch works. So what I'll do is I'm going to head to the inputs block and you're gonna recognize the block we grabbed because we actually use it a lot and we used it last time. Uh, we're just gonna use it in a slightly different way and that is this button A click. And you know what, while I'm here, while I'm staring at the screen a whole lot, I'm gonna, I'm gonna add that mixer chat view back in so that I can keep an eye on things in case people have questions. Um, okay, so I'm gonna get rid of this forever loop. I don't need that one. But now that I've got this button A click, zoom way up on it, I'm gonna change from the default option of button A and I'm gonna pick something else. So you can see here, we can pick from buttons. Uh, we can also pitch, pick from touch. And touch is the same thing as this capacitive sensor that I'm talking about. And you'll notice that there are uh, a number of these available. There's touch A1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, and 7. So let's start with touch A1. And if you look on the simulator now, let me expand this again, you'll see that now when I hover over this A1 pad, we get a little highlight, which is really cool. That tells us that's something we can click or interact with. And now when I click, something's changing here just to tell me that the uh, make code simulator is registering that click. But now I wanna do something uh, with the click. So just to test it, the first thing I'll do, and I'll get rid of this later because I'm, I'm not gonna use this in the final, but in the current testing, what I'd like to do is light up a light. So I'm gonna click on the lights um, drop down, and let's uh, scroll down here and look for, right down towards the very bottom is this set pixel color at number color. I'm gonna throw that in here. Let me zoom out a little bit. Okay, and so when we are talking about pixel colors, you may remember from, from last time or other make code uh, work you've done that we have these NeoPixels, these lights, and they start at zero. And in fact, when I hover over it, it even tells me, at least that one did, it said it was NeoPixel zero. One, two, three, four, five, six. I'm gonna light up this one that's number six only because it's right next to that A1 pad. So it's a way to correlate or, or associate the one I've pressed with a light that's very nearby. So I'm gonna change this pixel color here to six and I'll change that to about to purple. Okay, so now in the simulator and I'm gonna expand this again fully using this uh, expand button under the simulator. With this expanded, when I press on A1, it lit that NeoPixel to purple. Okay, and now let's go and test some of these other ones and we'll add in um, the other numbered NeoPixels because I, I kind of want these numbers in particular. And you'll see why as we continue. So here we have two uh, primary options and I might go into a third kind of sneaky cool uh, option here on how we how we can uh, create the rest of our uh, touch blocks. So the typical way is, and I'll do this this on this for this uh, second time around. I'm going to go back to the same place. So I'm going to go to input. I'm going to drag in this same on button A click, 
and I'm gonna change this input by clicking on the dropdown where it says button A, and click on that and choose touch A2. Okay, so I've brought in a, essentially a second copy of this touch box and now I'm picking touch A2. Uh, now, again, to get this set pixel color, I can head to light, head to the bottom, and drag in a fresh copy. And this is good to do, especially when you're uh, newer to make code or any computer interface, is maybe use the same method a few times in a row to get used to that method before you go and change things up. Because um, as you probably know, as you get very comfortable with an application, you'll start to learn all kinds of shortcuts and hotkeys to click on your keyboard. Um, and I do that a lot, but I also like to try to uh, use the primary ways, especially when I'm showing something so that it's not too confusing. But uh, after this one, we'll, we'll go into a couple of methods to speed things up. So going down here in the bottom of the light dropdown, set pixel color at zero to red. And we're gonna change this one. So if we look at our simulator, again, expanding this, I'm gonna look for the nearest NeoPixel next to the A2 uh, capacitive touchpad. So if this one was six, seven, eight. So I'm gonna pick this uh, NeoPixel eight. So we'll go back in to change the number to eight and I'll leave that at red. Uh, now when I test the simulator, I can click on A1 and it'll light up the sixth pixel and I'll pick on A2, it'll light up this eighth pixel. Okay, uh, so that was that, that was one way that we could uh, repeat things is just go through the same steps. Here's a nice way uh, that I like to use a lot, probably one of the most common ways, which is when I'm doing something repetitive, I'm gonna simply duplicate a block that I've already created and then adjust it. So if I right click on this block, I can duplicate it and all of its contents in one, uh, one go. And so the way I'll do that is I'm gonna right click and choose from this right-click drop-down, the duplicate option. Uh, now, if you are using a tablet, I don't know if it's possible to right-click with the tablet. If you're using a touchpad uh, that doesn't have a right-click function, you may be able to press and hold Control or Command uh, or another Alt key of some kind option and get that, uh, that right-click menu. But I'm using my right mouse button and now I can choose Duplicate. And here you can see it made a complete copy you also notice that this one is sort of grayed out with its hatch marks, these diagonal hatch marks, um, meaning that it is uh, impossible to do both of these things because it's, it's an exact duplicate. We can only have one touch A2 block, but that's okay because I'm gonna immediately click on the dropdown where it says touch A2 and switch this to touch A3. And on the A3, I'm going to, when I press this A3, capacitive pad, which is up here. I don't want to light the same LED, which was number eight. I want to light the number nine LED. And I can give that a different color here just for fun. So now when I click on A3, I get a nearby LED, A2, also a nearby LED, and A1 nearby LED. Uh, so let's do that method again. Um, and another thing I like to do is I, th I like to think about things graphically and visually. So when I lay out um, code 
or code blocks that are part of an interface, I like to arrange them visually in the same sort of space as the interface. So if you look at the large um, version of my Circuit Playground Express here, it exists, it's a circle, so it exists on this arc. And so I'm gonna lay out these blocks similarly. So A1 is down here, A2 and A3, and that matches where A1, A2, and A3 are to, to some degree, not a perfect match. Uh, and now I'll go ahead and duplicate one more time and you can see I'm arranging this across the way, across the circle, and that's where this touch A4 is. So I'll switch this to click touch A4. And this one is pretty close to pixel zero. And you can see that now if I click on A4, it lights up this pixel zero here. Uh, let's do that one more time. So I'll duplicate by right clicking and now I can change this to the next one, which is A5. And the pixel is gonna be, how about pixel one? Test that out. There's A5, there's A4, A3. I stopped recoloring them, that's okay. And so on. Uh, now you could, um, in this case, continue on with duplicating them same way. That's probably how I would do it um, if I were just building this for myself. But since I'm showing uh, some shortcuts, um, one that I'll show right now, because it's, there's, I don't think there's any reason to hide it early on in, in your learning of make code, uh, we have at the top of the interface, at the top of your browser window, we have this blocks icon, which is lit up, and that's the blocks mode that we're in. These are kind of like puzzle pieces or Lego blocks. We also have a item up here, this is JavaScript. So what I'm gonna do is click on the JavaScript and I'm gonna turn off my green screen just cause that doesn't, doesn't show up very well um, over the green screen. So I'm gonna head to the gear icon in the make code browser and I'll just click on this menu item called green screen off. Okay. So what you see here is a text-only representation of what we've been doing inside of our make code program. And these are text uh, lines of code in JavaScript that are essentially the identical thing as what our blocks do. And we can toggle back and forth between them. So there's my blocks and there is the JavaScript version of this. And so in a case like this, I'm actually able to copy and paste the same function multiple times and then just change one or two pieces of uh, text in there, the numbers for which capacitive pad we're using and which LED we're lighting. So this is a third way that you could uh, go about building up this list of very similar items. So what I'll do is right click and choose copy after highlighting some text and Oops, I cut it. I can undo, that's okay. Let's click down here. Uh, try that again, right click and say copy. Uh, and you'll notice, we'll maybe go into JavaScript more in another um, session, but you'll notice I'm highlighting and copying from the word input down to this parenthesis. So what I'll do now is 
press return on the keyboard and then I'm going to paste in this new line. And I will change this to be the A6 and the, let's see, which pixel are we lighting up? Probably, let's try number two. And then we'll verify this uh, in the simulator in a second. And I'll copy and paste that line and change which capacitive pad I'm using to A7. And the NeoPixel I'm lighting up to number three. So again, I said we could head back to blocks and we'll see we have the same stuff. Although sometimes this changes your layout. Um, so watch out for that. You'll see, you'll see your layout change sometimes when you add um, JavaScript blocks. So let's go ahead and rearrange these though. So I've got two, uh, one, three over on the right side and four, five, six, seven on the left. Now let's see, I was uh, guessing on these numbers here, which ones I wanted to light up. For A6, you can see that's here. Uh, my pixels are 0, 1, 2, 3, and 4. So I think I'll change these to 3 and 4. There's not a precise uh, matchup here, but that's okay. So now I can see as I click on these capacitive pads, let's make this big. Yeah, that's pretty close. Okay. Oh, 0 we're not using. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm clicking things that aren't, aren't capacitive pads there. 3.3 is not a capacitive pad. Uh, good, so now what we wanna do is that's a alternate input to the, the buttons. And you can see one nice thing about it is there's a lot of them. Uh, we have seven of these capacitive pads that we can use. Um, and however, I don't wanna use it just to light up LEDs. What I wanna do is now use it to start transmitting an IR or infrared message to another Circuit Playground Express. So like I said, I wanna be able to uh, send data from one to another. So when I click on a pad, I want the light to light up on the other one. And we can actually use it vice versa. So these, these can both be a transmitter and a receiver. So what we'll do now is take a look at how the infrared uh, send works. And what I'll do is I'll actually zoom out of here just a little bit. Uh, and one second while I just double check our chat. Looks like we're good. Oh, and you know what? I never, I said I was gonna look at the Discord chat and then I got distracted and forgot to. So let me open, open that up over here. And I'm going to the Adafruit Discord live stream channel and Looks like, yes, there we are. Hello, uh, and hello to Mr. Certainly. Hey, C. Grover, Do Wester. Nice to see you all. All right, it looks like we're in good shape. Okay, so uh, now that I have my capacitive pads under control, maybe I'll set them over here for a second. What I wanna look at is this network uh, dropdown. And actually, let me zoom in. You'll notice that depending on your zoom level, uh, in the canvas, you get the same zoom level over in the um, categories where you pick your blocks. 
So there's this section called network, and network can mean a lot of things. Sometimes we think of it as like a computer network with uh, Ethernet cables plugged in or a Wi-Fi network having over a radio uh, broadcast, uh, the telephone network. So the network in this case is infrared communication between devices. And there's only two blocks in here to, to, to deal with, which is sort of nice. Uh, we have the infrared send and we have the infrared receive. So let's bring in both of them. I'm gonna go back to infrared send and infrared receive. So you'll notice in make code, when we have a block that has smooth outer edges, it can stand alone. When we have a block that has a notch in it, it has to be encased inside of or enclosed inside of another block. So you'll see infrared send number doesn't do anything on its own. It can't actually live out here, but infrared receive number can. Uh, and so what I'm gonna do is, let's take a look at what happens if we tell the um, first capacitive touchpad to send a number when it's clicked. And I'm gonna make that number the same as the pixel that I picked here. So what this means is right now, whenever I click that A1 pad, it's gonna light up the little infrared LED and it's gonna send a piece of data that includes this number six. That's, that's the secret message essentially that it's passing along. Uh, and in fact, these two really go hand in hand because this infrared receive block, what it receives is a number. So there's a very simple, elegant um, protocol that really only does this, this one thing. It sends a number and on the other end, it receives a number. You can't send big long messages with text and words in them. Uh, it's, it's very uh, neatly designed to just get a number over. When we get the number, we can then do interesting things. And that number that gets sent and then received is the value of this variable called num. Uh, so one way that I like to test this sort of thing out is with a um, essentially a printout. I wanna see some text show up when I receive a number. And so uh, one way I like to do that is by choosing over here in the categories, the um, advanced dropdown. And there's this section called the console. And now I can pick a console log. I'm gonna use, I, for some reason I really like to use this log value x equals, and then a number goes in there. Uh, and so what I'm telling this is when I receive a number, I wanna go ahead and log something to a console, which means sort of print it out to a display or a graph. And the thing that I want to print out so that I can look at it is the number that I received. Uh, so in this on infrared received, I can grab a variable from my variables category called num, and that exists because I created this block. This variable was created in our session for us. So I'm just gonna drag that in to the what item am I actually graphing? Okay, so how do we look at this? This is, this is one of the really cool parts. If I head over to the simulator, uh, to my little Circuit Playground Express and click on the A1, it brings in a second Circuit Playground Express. It just kind of rolls in, which I really love. 
And now, every time I click the A1, you can see it's sending. My little transmit button is lighting up, or LED is lighting up here. I think I can maximize this. Let's, uh, let's try. So when I'm pressing A1, you'll see that TX is lighting up. And if you look at the second one, oh, this one doesn't uh, indicate that it's receiving, but it is. Uh, and more importantly, I can now check my console. So you'll see down here below the two simulated Circuit Playground Expresses, there's this Show Console Simulator, which I'm going to click. Now I'm seeing a readout of a value and a graph of a value. Every time I click A1, you'll see that it's receiving a 6. And the way I know this is every time I click, this number here that says 25 goes up. And that's just how many times it's received that number. Okay? So that's great. That means that when I click A1, I send an infrared message. It's received, and the thing it's received shows up. So now what I want to do is test uh, multiple different values. So what I'm going to do here is now uh, duplicate this infrared send number. Right click on infrared send number that's inside of the touch A1, hit duplicate. And I'll drag that up into the A2 touch. And I'm going to match these numbers. So I'm going to send an 8. And I'll duplicate that again and move it up to the touch A3. And I'm going to change that to a 9. And sorry, I'm going to go through this part just a little quickly, but you can, um, you can see what we're doing is just the same thing over and over again. So I don't want to bore you by taking too long to do it. Uh, and this would be another case where you could go into your JavaScript and type this in if you want. Duplicate this one. Change it. I like to change these numbers as I go so I don't forget. And so every time I've dropped one in, I've updated the number to be the same number as that NeoPixel that I had picked. Okay, so to test this out now, let's go uh, ahead and... Um, sorry about that. Let's go ahead and click any of the capacitive pads in the simulator, and that's going to bring up the second uh, CPX. It'll bring up my Show Console Simulator. Can open that up, and now what you'll see, now it gets interesting. Every time I click one of the capacitive pads, it'll send a different number. So this is a really nice way for me to see what numbers are being sent. Uh, the graph here is doing a very nice job of being smooth and, and very lovely looking. It's not true. These aren't, um, we, we, we really should have hard edges oops, on, these, uh, on these points. There's no values in between that are being sent, but uh, the graph just wants to look good. But I can see down here below in this sort of uh, serial printout window what numbers are being sent and received. So this is great. This means that it works. I'm able to uh, send values from one Circuit Playground Express to the other. And so now what we're going to do is tell um, the second Circuit Playground Express what to do when it receives a number. And so uh, what we'll do now is take a look at this conditional block that I mentioned. Um, and so I said that we're going to pay attention to something and compare it to something else. And the way I'm going to get this is in the logic dropdown. So I'm going to click on logic. Excuse me. And I'm going to choose this very first one. It says conditionals if 
true then. We're going to grab that and then we're going to come back and grab this comparison block. So let's bring in this conditional block and I'm actually going to put it inside of my receive infrared receive block and I can zoom in on this. This is where we're focused right now. And now I said from logic again, I'm going to drive down here to comparison and I'm going to take uh, this one here, comparison zero, less than zero. Let's get that. And I will pop that into this sort of hexagonal shaped um, sub window here inside of the if then block. Uh, what this means now is if in this case zero is less than zero, then do something. Well, it's ne it's never going to be zero is never going to be less than zero. Uh, so nothing this condition would never be met. But what I'll do is uh, change these to be if the number Again, remember this variable number is what we're comparing things to uh, or what we're receiving on infrared. I'm going to go into variables, grab number again, and hover until it finds the right spot. Come on, you can do it. There we go. Uh, if number is less than, uh, what I'm going to do is actually read the number that comes in. And if it's a uh, left half of the Circuit Playground Express, we'll do one color. If it's on the right half, we'll do another. So that means if we, if we look at the numbers that we're getting, on the right half, we're getting nine, eight, and six. On the left half, we're getting zero, one, three, and four. So I'll say if it is less than six, that means whenever the number comes in, if it's less than six, then it must have been sent from this other side, this left side of the board. Uh, so if that number is less than six, uh, then what I'm going to do is light up a pixel and I'm going to pick, how about red for the left half and blue for the right half. Now this is kind of cool. We actually get to reuse our code and neaten things up at this point because what I want to do is the receiving uh, Circuit Playground Express is the one that's going to light up pixels. So that means I can take out uh, one of these. Let me move this block here. You take out one of these set pixel color blocks and, and I don't need it. I don't want to light them up on my sending board, just on the receiving board. I'll set that here. And now what I want to do is light up the NeoPixel at the number that's been sent. And that's why, if you think back, that's why we originally went around and figured out the nearby numbers so that there's a NeoPixel that lights up that's near the pad that was sending. Now it's going to happen except on the receiving side of things. So this set pixel color at no longer should be a um, constant value that's always the same. Instead, it should be whatever comes over from that broadcast, from that infrared uh, receive. That is a variable. And that's, again, our good friend, this variable called num. So I'll go to variables and drag a num into here. And we'll change our color. I said if it's less than six, then we'll do red. Um, if we test this, and I like I've, I've said, I like to test things a lot as I go along. If we test this right now, um, what's going to happen? So we're going to receive a number. We'll log it to the console. I don't need that anymore, so I'll go ahead and delete that. So we'll receive a number. If that number is less than six, then I'm going to set the pixel color at that number to red. 
Okay, what's going to happen if we send any of the left side pixels? They're going to be less than six, so we're going to light them up red. If we send any of these right side pixels or right side capacitive touchpads, they're going to be higher than six. Okay, I click it once and it rolls in our other board. So you can see I'm still lighting them on the sending side because I haven't gotten rid of those yet but nothing's happening over on the receiving side. What if I click on these? Aha, look, we're sending and receiving. Sending and receiving, sending and receiving. Oh, and in fact, you can see on the simulator, the receive LED is lighting up. So sending and receiving, and we're lighting up those pixels. Okay, so we're in pretty good shape. Let's, let's keep going with this. First of all, we want it to do something when the other numbers come across, the numbers that are greater than six or six and, and higher. Uh, so the way to extend the use of this conditional block is to click on the plus sign and that brings up this else. And we can have layer these, we can have multiple types of conditions. In this case, we only need two conditions. If it's less than six, do something, or if it's greater than or equal to six, do the other thing. So what happens when uh, the number is six or higher? I said it's gonna be a blue pixel on that side of the board. So I'm gonna duplicate my existing set pixel color at num and change that to blue. Now all of those will work. And in fact, just to clean things up, I can now start getting rid of these set pixel color blocks that I don't need. So I'm gonna right click on them and choose delete block. Zoom in here so you can see where where we're going, right click, delete blocks, and it'll only delete the highlighted uh, block that you've clicked on. So the other one is safe. Right click, delete blocks. And last one. Okay, so now this means when we send, the sending uh, Circle Playground Express is not going to light up anything. The receiving one will, and it's going to receive a uh, red if it's on the left side of the board and a blue if it's on the right side of the board. And that's all just based on the numbers that we're sending and how they correlate to the NeoPixels. Uh, so I'll maximize this. I'll press one of my capacitive pads to bring up the second board. And there we go. As I click each of these capacitive pads, it sends and receives a message over infrared and lights up the corresponding NeoPixel. Okay, this is pretty cool. What I'd like to do is actually make it feel a little more responsive, however. So what I'd like to do is send and receive, light up a NeoPixel, and then turn it off. So it'll go on and off, and that way I can tell each one that's gone uh, is the most recent one that lit up, and then it turns off. And so the way I like to do this, it's very simple actually. I'm going to add a little bit of a pause or a delay. And then after the pixel gets turned to a color and then I'm going to set it to black, which is the same as off. So to put a little delay in, I'm gonna go over to the loops category and there's this pause block. So I'll head over and drop this off and let's do, let's say a half a second. That'll work pretty well, or we'll make it a second. And I can duplicate that same block. 
And then after that light has been lit, a second goes by and then we want to turn it off. So I'll simply duplicate my set pixel block at number and change it to black. And we'll do that twice. Okay, so let's test that version of this out. Again, we'll open up the simulator real large. We'll click on one of the capacitive touch pads. And now it blinks and goes off, blinks and goes off, blinks and goes off. And one more thing that we can add to this is a little bit of a sound effect. So I think I mentioned we would, we would talk about sound. Uh, there's a lot of different things we can do in sound in make code. Uh, if we look over at this music uh, category, when I click on it, let me zoom in a little for you so that's bigger. When I click on this music category, I can choose from some prepared sounds. Uh, I can choose from some tones. How about we'll do a uh, play a sound and we can pick from the drop down some different sounds. So I'll play a sound, ba-ding. And again, I want that to be a sound on one side that's different from the other. So I'm placing it right now in this first section of the conditional block. So if it's one of those left side of the board, uh, we'll do a ba-ding and I'll duplicate that over to the uh, else statement, which is all of the numbers that are six and higher. So the right side of the board and we'll do, how about, uh, I like the jump up sound. Now, I don't think you're gonna hear these. Yeah, I don't think you're gonna hear these until I put them on my Circuit Playground Express boards, just because I don't have the, the speakers making sound here, we end up with echoes and feedback. So I think this is a really great time to fire up the boards, because this is essentially the, the program that I have running on both of these boards right now. So I'm putting a, um, battery into these just so that I don't have to deal with a lot of USB cables. But you can definitely power these off of USB. And I think uh, you'll remember we looked before and, and we could see the little uh, light blink when we touch one of those capacitive pads. So now what I'll do, this can get tricky because it's hard to hold these and not touch the capacitive pads. Um, but what I'll do is try to face them at each other. See, am I touching one of the, yeah, that one should work. Okay, I hear them blinking. <laughs> how, to, how to show you and do it. Let's see. Okay. Okay, so I'm touching the one on the left and I think I'm getting a reflection off the monitor, which is good because it's bouncing that light off the monitor over to this one and it's lighting up and sounding. And you can see, oh, there we go, there we go. Now as I, you can touch these pads from the back, which is what I'm doing. So those were the one side and then this other side. Oh, and you know what, I have them all lighting up red right now. I didn't put the same program on there. So let's, let's try to update that real quick. So what I can do is I'm gonna plug in Circuit Playground Express, and then we're gonna put this new program on here. Oops, what have I done? Oh, that was weird. I think I just 
closed my Chrome browser. Come back. There you are. Uh, so what I can do is in this Chrome browser, I'm going to click on the gear wheel icon and I'll, I'll click on pair device. And you'll see it shows this make code uh, adafruit.com wants to connect. So inside of the web browser, we can use a thing called web USB, which allows us to connect to a USB drive, which is essentially what the microcontroller board, the Circuit Playground Express, looks like to the computer. I'll choose this CPlay Express app paired, hit connect. And if we're lucky, when I click download, it'll actually upload the code right to the board. Um, and it looks like it did. Sometimes it won't, and then you'll need to drag and drop the file on the, on the computer desktop, which works very well also. So that's one board, and I'm gonna unplug that, and then I'm gonna plug in my second board. And you can see here, I'm just plugging it in into a USB cable. And maybe if you watch that while I do this pairing and uh, uploading of the code, you'll see it blink some colors and things as I do it. So there, it just blinked red, it blinked green, and it's done. It was that fast. So it's uploaded the new code onto there. Um, okay, so now what we should see, if I can hold these, and you know what, let me hide the, um, I will hide our overlay just so you can see the boards alone and not getting them stuck behind interface elements. Okay, so so now I'm touching on this side of the board and the correlated NeoPixel is lighting up. If I go to the other side, we'll see red ones and a different sound. And since we're using the same program on both sides, they both, like I said, act as a receiver and a sender. So I can, there we go. I can get this one. This one is gonna send to this one here. You should see it light up. There we go. Not the easiest thing in the world to demonstrate like this. Um, that's why I wanted a down shooter camera, but it started causing audio problems today. Uh, all right, so let's see, does that cover it? Let me turn back the, uh, the display capture and I'll also turn back on the uh, mixer to see if there's any questions there. And I'll also take a look at my Discord chat. Um, let's see, any questions? Uh, how to get two Circuit Playground Expresses on the screen was a question. Um, and that is um, done by adding this network, go back over here, adding this network infrared send and infrared receive block. You have to have those in the scene and you have to have them uh, active and doing something. As soon as one is asked to send, then you'll get um, the second one to show up. So. In my case, if I click on the A1 here, for example, then it rolls in that second one and they start uh, paying attention to each other. So uh, that hopefully answers that question. Um, and I think that is it. I think we've covered everything I wanted to cover today. I'm gonna double check my notes. Um, yeah, we're good. So. There's some fun stuff in here to explore. One fun thing you can do is change which sounds you're, you're sending. You can change the colors. Uh, if you look at how the sound 
drop down block works. You've got um, a few choices of prepared sounds here. So it's going to play a sound that is um, prepared called bading, wah wah wah, jump up, jump down, power up. So you can pick from those. Um, and we might do some more sound stuff because I really like it but uh, in the future, but you can also explore on your own some of these other options such as playing melodies or playing tones, which are based on a uh, music scale. Uh, and you can even see a little piano keyboard in here when you go and test them and it gives you the value of them. Um, so this, there's a number of options that you can go in and play with to adjust how this works. Uh, and you can also extend the project out. You, you can essentially use these like a little laser tag game so you can um, zap values from one to the other. Uh, there's a lot that you can do. And if you connect your uh, microcontroller boards to other things like motors or servos, you can then build real little remote control car types of things or robot arms. Uh, that's all possible. And uh, all thanks to this silly thing of, of uh, blinking mostly invisible to human eye light, which is the infrared remote. Um, so that is it for uh, our Make Code Live today. I want to uh, thank you all so much for coming by and thanks to Microsoft for hosting this. Uh, and let us know either in the Mixer chat or if you look over on the Discord for Adafruit or the YouTube channel where this is also being archived. You can uh, go back and, and view these later. Uh, let us know what you think. Uh, let us know if you have any questions or future topics you'd like to see us cover. For Microsoft Make Code team and Adafruit Industries, I'm John Park, and this has been Make Code Live. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye.